0: The one stride to Lair Lake is full now due to snowmelt and very close to overtaking the levees protecting the town of Corcoran, Corcoran and Kings County in the Central Valley. In addition to being home to over 20,000 people, it is a location of a state prison that houses almost 5,600 men. Both the town and the prison may flood. Joining us to discuss are Dorsey Nunn, Executive Director of the Legal Services for Prisoners with Children and founder of that organization's policy advocacy arm, All of Us are Nunn. Good morning, Brother Dorsey. Hey, how you doing, Kat? I'm good, darling. Glad to have you on the show. We are also joined by Curtis Alexander, a reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle, where he frequently writes about water impacts of drought, threats to public lands and wildlife, and the nation's widening rural urban divide. Good morning, Curtis. Hi, Cat. Good morning. Curtis, I want to start with you and with the environmental part of this story. What is happening with snow Snowmelt? snow melt? What is uh to to, to Lair Lake? Um and, and 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 timelines for for this flooding what are we talking about here how we get here
1: Yeah, as most Californians know, it's been a crazy wet year this winter. And um, down in Tulare Lake, which is in the southern San Joaquin Valley, it was particularly wet. The snow there in the mountains above the basin was something like three times what it normally is. And that water and that wetness has begun to come down the mountains through the rivers and move into the low point in the valley, which is the old lake bed of Of Tulare Lake, which is now developed with agriculture and roads and a few small communities, Um, the systems there, the waterways, the canals, the ditches, the levees that are designed to corral this water and move it to cities and farms safely was just overwhelmed with the surge of water that has come in March. And the real fear going forward is all this snow, which has only started to melt is going to continue to melt over the next coming months and create even larger problems for the lake bed. The lake right now is about 100 square miles, and it's overtaking farms, um, rows. And as you mentioned, there's a few small communities in the valley there that have been threatened by the floodwaters and will continue to be threatened as the snowmelt comes down. What steps is the town trying to
0: take to address address this, this impending crisis?
1: Well, there's a couple towns there that are having to take actions to try to keep the flood water out. And one of the problems in this region is there's no centralized authority to sort of oversee flood events. Uh, in a lot of parts of the state and a lot of parts of the Central Valley, there's these coordinated plans. In this region, there's the Central Valley Flood Protection Plan, but the counties in the southern San Joaquin Valley are not part of this plan, which sort of lays out what people do when there's a big flooding event, and it helps bring money and resources to areas for coordinated regional flood projects. In this area, it's very decentralized. Water agencies, flood districts, and communities basically act on their own to try to prevent flooding when the water comes down. And that's what they're having to do right now. There's the communities of Allensworth and Alpaw, which saw a little bit of flooding in early March, um, which have levees around their cities, but their levee or rather communities, but these levees aren't necessarily as large as the levees across the way where there are farms and larger corporations, which have the ability to move water much more so than these smaller communities. The largest city in the basin is the city of Corcoran, which does have a levy, but their levy may not be tall enough to handle this record snow that's going to come down. They built their levy uh, a couple years ago, or I should say raised their levy a couple years ago. They taxed themselves through the local irrigation district or the flood control district and were able to. Were able to raise their levy, uh, but because this is the hundred year flood that they weren't expecting or could be, and because there's a lot of subsidence in that area, meaning there's a lot of groundwater pumping on these farms, the land has actually gone down and they're worried that the water could overtake their levees there. So they're trying to raise their levee before the spring melt.
0: Curtis, I'm, I'm interested though, and this isn't the first time that Tulare Lake has filled itself back up. This is history that folks knew how much of this disaster is a result of past planning that missed the mark.
1: I think a lot of it is. I mean, I mean, first off, like you said, it doesn't happen that often. The last time that was flooding in the basin was ninety seven It wasn't nearly to the extent that we're seeing it today. I think this year is comparable to 1983 when the lake did flood and get to the size it is today. Um, I mean, I think the main problem here is this is a lake bed and there was meant to be a lake here. Back 150 years ago, uh, this lake was something like 800 square miles during the best of years, uh, which is um, for comparison about four times the size of Lake Tahoe. It was mostly wetlands, it was very shallow, Birds, fish, tule reeds, cattails, um, and agriculture moved into the area essentially. And um, the lake was used to irrigate fields. Today there's a lot of tomatoes, grains, and cotton grown there. Um, And the irrigation systems were set up, and the flood control systems were set up basically to keep the lake out and to use the water that came in. To the basin for farming and for some of the communities there. And um, those systems just can't handle these really, really big years. They think that, oh, we've got this under control, but you have a wet year like this one and you see that they really don't.
0: Dorsey, I want to bring you into the conversation. The prison is definitely in trouble uh, should the town of Corcoran flood. What are we hearing from the prison in, in terms of what it's doing in preparation? Anything at all? I don't think we are hearing
2: any, nothing at all. You know, one question that just popped up off your last conversation uh, in regards to the levee. Will they be using slaves to shore up the levees? Because, like, you know, uh, if they use them for firefighting, uh, they could also use them in, in, in extreme conditions like uh, flooding to use them to shore up the levees and, and, and actually uh, uh, exploit them. Uh, and I think that if they're not talking about it, I think that we should be talking about it because we can remember, uh, at least some of us, uh, that in 2005 when Katrina uh, hit uh, New Orleans, what did they do? Uh, the Ordnance parish uh, sheriff's office abandoned 650 prisoners and they failed with no access to food water or ventilation you know so it's something that they you know i don't think that they ever come up with a uh a real solid evacuation plan uh when we're sitting in the in the uh the grips of a national or or, or major disaster i don't think that they're doing any of that and uh and we can't say that if Is being threatened that they don't have any other place to go because at the maximum height of uh, the prison system, they had 174,000 people there. Uh, Right now, I think they're hovering uh, probably less than 100,000 due to, you know, uh, political circumstances changing around uh, releases and stuff. So they got places to put them other than leaving them, maintaining them uh, in a, a flood zone. Uh, in a real serious way, you know, and when I say that we got, you know, real history of uh, abandonment, uh, you don't have to look as far as New Orleans, you can look at uh, when we, we had the nerve normal creator earthquake. What did they do with the people at San Quentin? And what did they do with the people at Dublin? You know, it wasn't like they released them and they went home and seen their families. They went home and seeing their families and those people was locked in cages. You know so it's like i i don't think that they uh really ever prepare you know in any real uh comprehensive way of what to do with uh uh human beings that they don't
0: value i think they just discard them did I answer your question pat you did and and it's a good segue <laughs> to the next one because I, I think it's important because we have these pictures I remember not too long ago when uh, Georgia flooded and the the images that came out of the prison there um, you know folks who were lucky enough to have mattresses floating on them I and mean, feces urine prisons are, are basically constructed in the same way all over this country right can you talk about the infrastructure of prisons why they are not um, situated to deal with natural disasters and paint a picture of what the conditions inside could and will likely look like should this this flood happen
2: and you know like well, i think of conquering i think of a, a a high level prison that actually uh, at a certain points, uh, uh doing uh uh its use was used as a, a level five prison similar to pelican bay you know and how they are constructed they're constructed uh in a way that uh generally uh in um Rural areas and what they put in those rural areas to the most part is people from urban areas. so if you were to go to a a a a a a conference state prison it it, it should be no surprise that the people that you would meet there would be from Oakland. It should be no surprise that the people that you would meet there occupying those cells is from Los Angeles, San Diego, and major urban areas you know. And when they're constructing uh, those prisons, I don't think that they're constructing them uh, with any idea that they're ever going to have a disaster uh, unless they reduce their population. You know, I, for, for them, a major disaster is having to close the prison. And when we actually start reducing the level of the number of uh, people being incarcerated, that's probably a burden. And in fact, any time that you uh, get into serious consideration about what to do with this unneeded uh, uh, infrastructure, uh the cities would start suing just like they did uh up in in Northern California when they went to reduce the prison population because they didn't need the the prison anymore. And just like people was resisting that when they did their DVI. So when you talk about the infrastructure of the prisons, they come in initially promising people great wealth uh in the area, promised them roadways, promising them access to uh uh uh, uh, uh 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 sewage treatment plants and uh, access to, uh, initially for a long period of time, having the human beings that they was, uh, uh, snatching out of the urban areas, put them in prison in, in the rural areas that they could be counting in their senses and actually drive dollars. You know, so it's like, you know, uh, uh, people in prison bodies are worth something whether they working or not, they still work something to the areas that they in.
0: Thank you, Dorsey Curtis. Last question for you. you. You mentioned that you know these these communities don't have their don't have much of their own resources. They have reached out to the state. Governor Gavin Newsom um, did was recently there. What is he saying he's going to do? Is it enough? Um, what kind of financial impact are we talking here?
1: Yeah, it's a slightly yeah, different situation depending on what community you're in. In Allensworth and Alpaw, which are in Tulare County on the southern end of the lake, they're unincorporated communities. These are communities that have historically dealt with a lack of infrastructure. They don't have finances, they don't have political representation as a result. They don't have you know, great roads, clean drinking water, wastewater treatment plans, the list goes on. In this case, it's flood protection so in those areas um it, it, it takes a while to finance a levy project and um there's going to be uh state resources in the way of calo we cal had the office of emergency services cal fire is already on the ground there they're helping make sure the levees don't um don't break and trying to fortify the levees so that these communities remain safe in corcoran uh the city is trying to raise its levy four to five feet because of the incoming flood water, the expected snow melt. They don't have the financing right now. They think they need about $21 million for that project. It's a lot of dirt. It's a 14 and a half mile levee. It's going to take something like 50,000 trucks of dirt to raise this thing. And they've been reaching out to the state and the state has been down there. They've been surveying the situation. They're helping map and uh, sort of project where the snow melt is going to come and when it's going to come but as far as helping build the levy they haven't gotten to that stage yet
0: all right thank you both so much for joining me this morning we'll continue to track this story we've been speaking to curtis alexander reporter for the san francisco chronicle and dorsey Nunn, executive director of legal services for prisoners with children and founder of all of us are none you've been listening to law and disorder a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system agitate for resistance and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive